Welcome to Catch the Fire's Family Life Podcast. We are a family that encounters God's transforming presence and extends the kingdom. Each week we get into what God is doing among us, what he is saying through his word, and why we should be excited about where he's leading us. For more information about Catch the Fire and giving to support this ministry, check out our website and our church suite app. I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Excellent. Truman Show. Uh, Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Family Life. I've completely lost track of which episode we're on, but... Episode 4,228. Yeah, we're fast approaching episode 5,000. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's great to to be here again, and we have Tom with us, uh, and we have Dwayne. Hi. (laughs) And... uh, Dwayne, why are you here? Well, you're here because I asked you to A question I often ask myself. (laughs) The the honest answer is that I walked in the door and was told that I have to be here. No. Um, I am here because I love Jesus and we're talking about the Bible and what a better conversation. Come on. Absolutely. Um, But also, um, Dwayne, you're heading up youth now. Yes. Yeah. Um, which has long been a thing that Catch Fire London has wanted. Uh, we've we've done things backwards quite a few times, uh, planting a church, starting with the evening services, um, having young adults when every other church has got youth and children and things like that. Um, and so it's a bit strange that youth ministry is sort of coming this kind of late in the the church's planting mm. in the way that it is now but um what was your heart why why youth and why not sort of soup kitchens or i don't know <laughs> crash um well obviously most people that know me when they when they will see me one i'm a 32 32 year old man who everybody thinks is 20. Um, well, that must be so rough on you. I mean, I mean, only only in, only in Tesco. The other day, I went to buy an energy drink, and a lady walks up to me. She's like, "Are you 16?" And that's literally like two days after my 32nd birthday. I'm like, "I'm 32. You're just half my age, but it's okay." Genuinely, one of my saddest moments ever was when I went to Tesco's, and for some strange reason, I bought a bottle of whiskey and a knife, and didn't get ID'd. And I'm like, "What? <laughs> how is that? How is that possible?" Wow. Yeah. Yeah, sure sad that, times. That bottle and that knife were a gift for <laughs> yes. someone else. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like we need to explain why he was buying a knife now. <laughs> I needed a new knife. That was that was the reason. Fair enough. I need. <laughs> <laughs> thinking of all the jokes I can make about why Tom needs a knife, yeah. and then thinking this is a church family life Boy podcast. Scouts. Boy Scouts. Genuinely, I need a new knife. Yeah, whittling. Yeah, he's got to teach Gracie to. Th- throw her knife sometime soon yeah. well just as a just uh, as a tangential comment uh, Abby's been away this week on business and uh, I had the girls help me cook dinner the other night and I let Grace my uh, five year old use a sharp knife to cut some mushrooms supervised and I sent a video to Abby saying isn't this great she's being so responsible uh, Abby didn't 
think it was such a great idea and proceeded to show all of her work colleagues and apparently there was fairly <laughs> fairly strong consensus that I was being an irresponsible parent but I stand by my decision that Abby left her two precious daughters with an irresponsible man child yeah but a slightly more responsible five year old knife wielding <laughs> you know preschooler mushroom yeah. Yeah. good well um, sorry you were talking about God and youth weren't we? <laughs> So we, got, we got distracted. Youth and knives in the same yeah. conversation. <laughs> um, no, um, so my heart, obviously, this is a conversation that's like uh, almost, well, over a year old now, because obviously me and Alistair had this conversation um, over a year ago, and we didn't think the time was right for me. Um, in particular, Alice didn't think the time was right for me. Of course, I, in all of my arrogance, thought the time was always right for me. Um, and I'm glad. I thought that was going in. Alistair didn't think the time was right for me. And I think history has proven that he was wrong. Yeah. Um, in fact, history has proven that he was very right. In fact, in the year that I had to receive more healing and receive more revelation of the love of the Father, um, it's just empowered me more to have more to give to the youth um, mm. and um, I, I, I see this generation of 16 to 18 11 to 18 year olds just really really vital for what's happening right now um, me and Tom had a conversation and I kept we kept trying to find a, a catchphrase for the youth and it was like the next generation and Tom was very much like we can't keep giving them the label of the next generation mm. because they're the now generation mm. um, and I, I my heart is one that when I was 16 I didn't have a Dwayne in my life I didn't have an Alistair and I didn't have a Tom I didn't have a Matt Seifel I didn't have a Catch the Fire I mm. had gang members drugs alcohol and knives um, mm. and that's what I built identity on that's what I built uh, reputation on that's what I made people fear on and um, I, my heart is that freely what I received, freely I give, mm -hmm. and that these kids will mm -hmm. be able to know who they are. They'll be able to confidently, confidently stand in a world which aggressively now is saying the complete opposite to the things of God. But they'll be able to stand and they'll be able to know, they'll be able to encounter God for themselves, mm. that they'll know that they're saved, they won't be saved from the parents' faith or from the, the, the child baptism, but they'll actually mm. have a, a, a personal relationship with the Lord. And um, and again, my, my, my dream that I had was these kids walking into colleges and schools, laying hands on the sick and, and things happening, leading their teachers to Christ and influencing their, their, their spheres of influence um, in a way that they're no longer being influenced by the things of this world, but they're actually coming into these youth groups, catching Jesus, uh, experiencing Jesus, receiving more Jesus, and then carrying that. Um, and it seems like such a long process at the moment, but actually just even in the recent weeks, we started in September, we're seeing little nuggets, little rosebuds just starting to bloom of just Vulnerability, um, which I think it starts from there. If we can be naked before God, I think it starts with man. I was teaching the kids before, when Adam and Eve first sinned, the first people that they hid from was each other. Before mm. God even walked into the garden and was mm. like, where are uh -huh. you? They, they covered each other and that was the most intimate relationship that mm. you could possibly have. Mm. And you know, sin caused them to hide from each other. So 
I feel like the more vulnerable that they are with us as youth leaders in, in, in the sense, they'll be more vulnerable with God and therefore they'll be able to receive more from him. And that's just been my experience as well, just coming out of different church cultures into the culture that we have. So I'm really excited. Hmm. Um, I am really <coughs> um, anticipating God to move in such a powerful way and we know there's a revival coming. Um, these, I, there's, I had a vision of these kids, um, a, a man running with the Olympic torch and um, it had a massive flame on it. And um, you know, before the Olympics, the torch mm-hmm. goes through all the countries and everything and they pass this back <coughs> and this flame keeps going. Um, and I really felt like there was an emphasis on one, them honoring the price that was paid for this revival. Um, that we don't take it for granted and this is this is the youth the generation that's just going to come in and they're just going to we're going to hand the baton on to some someone mm. um, and they're either going to know what it costs and I really really talk about Israel and how the father was continuously saying tell your kids about the stories of yeah. Egypt tell your kids about what happened here yeah. tell your kids about what's happening and it got to Joshua and the story didn't get passed on and all hell broke loose from that point because nobody knew the victories that had been won. Nobody knew about the, the, the promises of God from the, of old because they weren't passed on. And so mm. we have so it's many... It's a strong case for the power of testimony, <laughs> isn't it? Mm. It's just, yeah, we have so many already, so many healings, so many uh, miracles, so many healings. Um, I, I'm not just talking about physical healing, I'm of heart. Yeah. of restoration of marriages restoration of families restoration of ourselves and we got to pass that on yeah we, we've got it we've got to give it away so that they know that god has not just come to give them good worship songs and you know <laughs> take them and and bless them bless them bless them bless them and he's a father of abundant new songs and sermons yes um and so yeah i just see a youth where god actually has every single area of their lives and um it's so good. Come on, man. That's yeah. awesome. The the thing that you said that um, that nailed me for both your vision and why you were the guy, um, and I've said this to you numerous times, was um, when I asked you, "What is it that makes you want to do this? Like, what's wh- why them? Why why them and why now?" And you said um, words along the lines of. I just want them to know that know that they're seen and know that they're seen by God, know that they're seen in this family as valuable and know that they're seen, you know, in this culture as, uh, you know, m- more than an annoyance, more than a thing that, you know, just get your butt in school and do what you're meant to do. Um, know that they're seen and they're loved and they're valued and I just thought that that was just a, a word from God and, and we're as a church looking at community and um, wanting to equip people and grow disciple people and that be, you can't do that if someone doesn't feel that they're seen and known yeah, yeah. you know um, they'll feel like a number they'll feel like a statistic um, uh, they'll feel like they're just f- occupying a seat on a Sunday yeah. and um, I think it's the, the heart of the father that um, that we're seen Mm. And um, you know, hence why I asked the question: Why have you, why have you covered yourself? Because I want, I want to see you. I want to know you, vulnerable mm. and all. Mm. So, um, so that was a real seller for me. And, mm. and I think, 
I think the word that you had over the youth, it's a word over the church. You know, I think um, it's probably a corporate word of which you're, you know, definitely translating to the youth. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. And so good. what's the, just in 30 seconds, what's the, anybody who's listening to this who's um, either got a teenager or has a friend in church who's got one, like what's the, what's the way into youth? Yeah. Um, bring them. <laughs> Um, yeah, the way in is, you know, we, I'm very passionate about worship and we have, I honestly believe we have some of the best worship leaders in the country and I don't want them to miss out on that. Um, so they come in for, for worship and then at 11 o'clock we go upstairs. Um, there's a consent form, obviously, just to give consent that sometimes we may take pictures, we might um, share videos on our um, Instagram page. But other than that, yeah, it's just, it's very simple. They can come um, and we just, again, cool. want to create a safe place. So nice. that's it. And we've got a nice new banner as well that they can congregate yes. round. Beautiful banner. And uh, enjoy visually. Right, shall we move on? Oh, that was on a clap to Anton to stop the podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we always clap before and after the podcast so that there's a spike on the audio so he knows where the edit point is. Uh, keep it rolling, Anton, keep it rolling. <coughs> cool, well, um, we, uh, we're going to dive back into Ephesians. We're very gradually making our way through it. Um, and uh, we're going to pick up from where, we, uh, from where we left off. So we are in Ephesians 2, and it is verse 14 through to 22. And we'll just see what comes up as we dig into this. So I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Um, and it starts, For he himself is our peace who has made us made us both one and has broken down his flesh, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create for himself in one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. And through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That is a big chunk of scripture. <laughs> Seeing as previous podcasts we've spent on one line. Or <laughs> one, one word. word. <laughs> one word. It seems a bit weird <coughs> to go into all of this. But the, the context of this before um, is, is very much about um, the Jew and the Gentile. And so when it's talking about uh, the two in the place of one and uh, bringing the two together and Yep, Spice Girls 2 become one. Different <laughs> different context, I believe, for that song. Sure. Um, I don't believe that song's about the Jews and the Gentiles. I always just thought it was. I thought The Wall of Enmity. <laughs> I thought it was Baby Spice's great commentary on uh, God's yeah, plan for bringing. Yeah. Along with Matthew Henry, <laughs> yeah. it's Baby Spice. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, what, what, there's a couple of thoughts that jumped out with me about this, and obviously you could go deep in a number of areas, but Tom... What jumps out at you? Um, I've always liked the, you know, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. 
also members of his household. And I just love this concept of, you know, God's eternal plan to bring all of humanity in. So, you know, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And it's just such a, I don't know, it's uh, the, the church I grew up in didn't have much of a kind of theology on Israel and the Jews. You know, it, was, it wasn't something we kind of talked about much. But as I kind of looked into it more, just this kind of concept of God setting this people group aside for himself mm. and uh almost giving like a i was watching the trailer for the new star wars the other day and you kind of you get all these sneak peeks and it's yeah, like yeah. this amazing thing and then you know you go and see the film and you see the full picture and i just love how you know god's plan to bring all of the gentiles in it just starts to unfold in these first kind of few epistles you know we're kind of seeing mm. this this orchestrated plan that god's had all along and and it was for such a time as this and it's starting to unfold and mm. I just love that kind of concept of even just you know the irony of Paul being the apostle to the Gentiles it's just such a yeah, yeah. you know as, as the, the Jew of Jews and you know and he goes through that list of all the things that credit him as a Jew yet the thing that God had for him was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and it's just I love it it's just a it's like one big plan that God had up his sleeve all along and it just kind of start you start to see it unfold yeah yeah completely and it, uh, that that one always that one always kind of bugs me in a good way but like come on like god he's like super qualified to speak to the jews why are you sending him to the people who he's like he he's got no history yeah with, like, he's got no <laughs> letters after his name for speaking to jew you know uh, gentiles and yet he's your guy yeah um and i think that's um i think that's the the unusual weirdness of of the kingdom mm. you know um, and um, you know I've, I've always thought for myself it's it's so bizarre that I'm married to someone who <coughs> has such a heart for politics such a heart for government such a heart for transforming cities and you know I grew up uh, wanting to sort of spend my life climbing trees and <laughs> you know being one with nature and um, and yet I've found myself wandering into government places and sitting with leaders <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like you know, of all the people in my family, I, I was the one who was least interested in London, mm. least interested in sort of the halls of power and and stuff like that. And yet, all my family has moved to the country, and I'm involved in this church that yeah. you know wants to see the kingdom of God come to the highest places. And it's just this weird irony because I'm like, God, I don't have, I don't have backstory in this. I don't have mm. training to do this. And yeah. you know, his his weakness, our weakness, seems to be the first choice conduit of his power often and 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 wasn't that the theme of Paul's life is the whole Mm. you know his power is made perfect in our weakness and and there's I love love when God puts us into those moments where he does great things yet we're completely unable to think it was us or boast Mm. because we're so aware that like if I'd been left to my own devices I would have messed that up royally and I'm not qualified I was saying to someone the other day I'd love to do a study sometime of all, all of the calls of God all through the Bible and how many of them were so quick to say I'm not qualified you got it wrong like I I can't off the top of my head I mean I'm sure there are some but I can't think of anywhere God comes to someone and gives them this great call for their life they're like yep I've been ready I've been prepared you know here I am I was um, Abby and I were hanging out with uh, Michael and Rita Field last night who who are just an amazing couple we love them and we were talking about this exact thing because um, I'm reading a book called uh, Leading with a Limp right now, which is all about leaning into your weakness. Mm. And um, I was saying, and maybe I should copyright this thought, but I was saying, like, <laughs> we've got all courses like Strength Finders and, you know, work out your life language and what you're good at and all of the rest of it. 
and I thought there's no course that is find out your weakness and how it can be used for the glory of God. Yeah. There's no weakness finder course. Yeah. Nobody pays a hundred dollars to find out what they're bad at. Well, there's marriage that's actually really good at highlighting your weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> the views of Tom Allsop do not necessarily reflect the views of Catch the Fire London. Well, no, yeah. just living in close proximity with someone is becomes fairly evident how messed up you are. Of course, I, I think <laughs> the thing the thing that really got me was. I, I don't think I think I said to them I don't think I've ever done a preach where somebody came up and said hey Alistair I just want to thank you when you shared your strengths and all the things you're good at it so touched me yeah. and I just feel so encouraged yeah. now I'm <laughs> yeah. like I've never had that but hey look when you were just honest about that fear and that weakness and that that, that mm. way you, you made a completely wrong call because you were acting like a raging orphan I really needed to hear yeah. that, that it's bad. okay to act like that and that God is going to pull you through that yeah. and so I think that I that's think massive. That, that's a really big that's a really big part of it um, what, what, what do you get from this Dwayne? Yeah, what um, are your witnesses? <laughs> I mean it's actually that. it's actually a, it's, it's really interesting um, for me like talking about Jews and Gentiles I was just thinking as Tom was talking of just about how how you know it started with them and, and it goes away and I kind of feel like even when I speak to a Jewish person about the scriptures it just flips those whole scriptures upside down when you get a bit of a uh, bit of tradition a bit of understanding of their culture a bit of understanding and you, know, you go through the Old Testament and you take different books and you be talking to a Jewish person they'll be like oh no 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 this is what was going on there and you know this is what this means in our culture and, it's just, and then you're just it just gives you a whole different perspective and enlightenment of what the scriptures are saying and whatnot and I just feel like it's really interesting that particularly when I was younger I was almost raised to dislike Jews or like you know they're 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 completely separate from us and so mm. without you know when you take the scripture into context and you're like oh Jesus is peace and he is the bond of unity yeah. and he's talking about the Jews and the and the Gentiles and so there's this I don't know, unsaid marriage that I believe that when it comes and that we do begin to actually understand each other in, 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 a, in a way that the Jewish history just really complements yeah. mm. who, who, who we are even as Christians because there's so much gold in their history that we probably don't understand just yeah. because we've never yeah. taken time yeah. to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just found it fascinating. I was just thinking about it and I was like, some really interesting conversations with Jewish people about the Old Testament mm. that has just been like I didn't even consider that <laughs> I didn't even think about it um, yeah. and it it makes you want to just I don't know just draw draw into that or tap into that unity just that little bit more because you just think to yourself we have you know even uh, you say a non-Christian Jew <laughs> um we have Jesus, but they have the the, the fruit of of the old, um, and I just feel like they. I think yeah. they have they have inherent within their culture, their DNA, and their tradition, and their exposition of the Bible. They have a context yes. that brings alive the Jesus that we know yeah. that we see throughout Scripture that only expands on his glory and his mm. God's plan and without that context we can still get a very sizable portion but there's 
there's such a huge amount that we that we miss and you know we were in a team retreat and we had um, Dan Slade um, was teaching about the wine and about sort of the pouring of wine between a bridegroom and, a, and, and the bride and how sort of if the if the bride um, correct me if I'm misremembering Tom but if the bride picks up the wine in the sort of the courting process and chooses to drink from it it's her her affirmation of mm. accepting the marriage vow yeah. and and Dan was saying you know like this this Jewish culture is is the context behind the new wine that God is pouring out that we all want to drink of do you realize that when you drink of it in the Jewish mindset you're accepting a marriage proposal mm. to the mm. bridegroom yeah and you're yeah. like without that I'm just like yeah the new wine whoa it's awesome <laughs> like no 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 it's it's called wine and it's for a reason mm. um and so I think I think um I'm totally with you on that and I mean Tom you're a, you're a student of um biblical exposition and <laughs> and digging in so kind of maybe just as we there's so much we can talk about. We haven't even talked about his peace. He mm-hmm. says he, he, he is our peace. He came to preach peace. Dwelling place. He wants us to build us into a dwelling place by the, you know, Stu preached about that on Sunday, London to be a dwelling place. Mm. But as to what we're just speaking, can you maybe just throw some thoughts on how, how people can go deeper with some of this stuff from, from what you've done in your yeah. own study? I, I, the thing I've been reflecting on recently is finding Jesus in the scriptures. And, and it struck me the other day, I mean, it's on, you know, when you hear these things and you're like, of course, but also I've never thought of it like that. When Jesus said the scriptures speak of me, he was talking about the Old Testament because there were no other scriptures yeah, at that yeah. point. Mm. And so for me, I've been on this journey of going through the Old Testament and finding Jesus in every scripture, you know, finding him there. And, and um, I don't know, for me, I think when I read the epistles like this and seeing this all unfolding, for me, it makes me want to go back and reread it. And I was talking even just the other day about Passover and you know the brazen serpent and in John uh, 3 where Jesus references the brazen serpent you know we've got all of these prophetic pictures and God was getting all of humanity ready and it's like the teaser trailer you know he's kind of doing all of this you know where this is going to happen and this is going to happen and I'm not going to show you the whole thing but it's to wet wet our appetite and get us ready for the main attraction which is Mm. you know obviously Jesus arriving on the scene and so here my encouragement would be to go back and and to start looking into these scriptures and even finding where Jesus references the Old Testament. Um, I was looking the other day, uh, Deuteronomy 6, I think it is, um, where Jesus is tempted in the wilderness and he references Deuteronomy 6 in in you know to, to resist the devil in, in that and you know the devil's using scripture Jesus using scripture but it's all Old Testament scriptures mm. and I don't know I just I find that fascinating even when Jesus references the scriptures to go back and see what Jesus was referencing and see mm. how it was all being woven together to be this amazing tapestry of God's sovereign plan God's, God's yeah. plan to bring all things together under one head who is Christ and so come on it's bonkers really come on so do that do that (laughs) do that and then email us yeah (laughs) tell us what you find awesome well we will continue next week but um, we if you're listening to this in real time um, uh, by that I mean before the next one uh, (laughs) (laughs) what what other ways are there to listen to it (laughs) Um, we've got some exciting stuff coming up we've got a conference Joshua Mills David Wagner Kristen Summer from Catch Fire World Music coming up um, which is really exciting We've got some cool Christmas stuff yes. coming up. Um, I don't know. Are we announcing our special service yet? Is it? Oh. Is it public? We have a. It is now. It's about <laughs> to be. We've done. We've done some Narnia themed services the last couple of years. Mm. Um, we're not doing Narnia this year, but we are doing a well-known Christmas tale. Um, 
that I think is going to be fun. Sure. And we have some missional stuff. We're going to have some, invite some friends to church, uh, special Sundays and stuff where we really make a, an effort to open our doors as wide as we can. So mm. lots of cool stuff coming up. And if you're listening to this, find Dwayne on a Sunday and encourage him, give him a pat on the back and tell him that he's awesome because we're really excited about the youth and all that God is doing through him and through them. Pat on the back and an envelope of money in his hand. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Amen. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye.